0: mm mm-hmm. Hey, friends, thanks for tuning in to another episode. I'm Brandon. I'm Subba. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's show, we have the pleasure of speaking with Shane from 77 Extracts here in Oklahoma. They are a grower and a processor here in our state with lots of flavors, and we're excited to pick his brain and learn more about him. And the brand he's built. So please welcome Shane to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, Shane.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for being here today with us. Let's just start from the beginning. Where did your cannabis journey first begin? What was the When was the first time you consumed mm. cannabis?
2: Oh, that's going to take me back to about sixth grade.
1: Wow. Okay. With
2: my cousin in my grandma's silo of her barn. And uh, we were trying to figure out how to make a pipe together. And so uh, my cannabis journey started very young, I would say. And it didn't stop from that point. We just kept going. So,
1: Did you figure out, how did you, so what you? Go, what were you guys using to make the pipe?
2: Uh, well, tinfoil was obviously a great choice at the time when you're that young. <laughs> yep. But uh, <laughs> I think we ended up putting something together with like a used shotgun shell and a pen stuck in the side of it and a tinfoil okay. bowl on the top of it. Wow. And uh, I'm pretty sure we destroyed it as soon. As soon as we used it. Yeah, we it was just, like
0: you couldn't use it after that. Well,
2: and we wanted it to be gone. We didn't want to <laughs> yeah. have a pipe that existed. Yeah. And our weed was gone and we were just super paranoid. So we had to get <laughs> rid, get of, rid it. of your evidence. Yeah, um, <laughs> immediately.
1: Where'd you get the weed from?
2: Uh, my cousin showed up with it. And then uh, I had never really even seen weed. And then after he showed it to me, he like faked that it wasn't weed afterwards. <laughs> he was like, no, that wasn't actually weed. I was just seeing if you were cool because he thought I was going to narc him out afterwards. Uh, yeah, but yeah. then it was immediately like, all right, well, if you smoke this with me, you can't narc me out on this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then here we were and we were getting stoned together <laughs> and making the weed disappear as fast as we could. And, we didn't and the trouble. pipes. Yeah. The yeah. weed and the pipes. Yep.
0: <laughs> Did you grow up in Oklahoma?
2: No, I'm originally from Wisconsin. Okay. That's where I was born. And uh, I was always big on cannabis use and and trying to learn about cultivation and growing. And then Mm -hmm. as I got older, uh, Michigan had a law that passed a medical law, and that was a bordering state to Wisconsin. So that kind of got my brain turning. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm sure. Yeah, I got your wheels turning on. You have a little Wisconsin accent. I oh yeah, it
2: don't you know. Yeah, <laughs> I can hear yeah. it come through. <laughs> you betcha.
1: <laughs> that kind of sounds like
0: Zach when he does his accent. Uh, yeah, you know? it does. That's funny. <laughs> so with that being said, you grew up in Wisconsin. Yep. Um, what was your favorite thing to do there growing up?
2: Uh, lots of fishing and hunting and that co- that paired well with cannabis mm-hmm. usage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, I was in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin, and the coolest thing to do was save up your money to buy a bow and arrow and head into the woods. So Mm. I spent a lot of my time in the woods by myself. That's cool. That allowed me to stay away from the supervision of my parents, which, you know, keep a one box in the front of your coveralls or hidden in my hunting stuff. Or even sometimes Mm -hmm. I would hide my my weed out in the woods so that I'd get dropped off and I'd have my weed there that's already. So that's, smart. So, yeah.
0: that's so smart. You knew what you that's were dope. doing. And you're, they can't get mad at you for spending time in the woods hunting. No, yeah. no
2: that was totally acceptable. Yeah, and
0: mm-hmm. therapeutic. It's good for mm-hmm. a young boy and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, whoever, I think. It,
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, in Wisconsin, we have really cold winters up there. So, I mean, you can just imagine a 14 year old heading into the woods by himself at four in the morning, walking through a cornfield in the dark. Oh, wow. wow. It's uh, It makes you tough and it yeah. makes it you does resilient and it puts mm-hmm. you in the mindset of like hey just because you can't do it doesn't mean yeah. i can't do it
1: do you have like a really crazy mm-hmm. story of like when you'd smoked and like something like an element of nature <laughs> happened to you because i mean i, I can to or wake animal, up that po- yeah. yeah like to wake up that early or even to be out like all day you probably so, see that especially being <laughs> by yourself like brave it's brave just you versus, it's you yeah. versus nature yeah, and so. nature is metal
2: there were definitely some times where I wasn't as prepared as I thought that I was. And what that meant was like, I would go out into the woods and I would sit in my tree stand and, you know, maybe I'd get there and there'd be some deer moving right away. So it'd kind of be exciting and you'd, you wouldn't be thinking about what, you know, what you need to prepare for as much. And then uh, I remember one time specifically, I was in my stand and I had a shot at a buck and I missed. And then he he gave me another shot. It was with my bow. So it was it was a little <coughs> bit more difficult to pull it off. It was a long shot. And I missed both my shots and I didn't have any other broadheads with me because I was really cheap at the time. I didn't have a lot of money. And uh, so I didn't have any arrows left in my bow. And I was like, well, I'm I'm just going to sit till dark and then I'm going to get down so I don't scare any of the deer. And as I was sitting until dark, like 12 coyotes came out onto the field. And then all of a sudden I realized I didn't have my flashlight with me. I didn't have any arrows and I didn't have my flashlight. I'm just sitting up in the tree in the dark and I'm like trying to choose my time when I'm going to get down and try to run through this field of coyotes and so... I ended up sitting there for probably about an hour, hour and I was a half. I say,
0: I would stay in the tree. In right? the dark, <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah.
2: And I just kind of like started yelling stuff and like throwing, breaking up branches in the tree and trying to throw them into the mm-hmm. field to scare these coyotes away. And eventually yeah. I think they just kind of made their way away.
0: Yeah. But, but that's scary. That is scary. It, it was real. And I mean, uh, that's a pack, you yeah. know, and then there's one of you. Yeah. So
2: and, and that, you know, you're inexperienced and you're young and you don't really, I mean, it seemed way more serious oh, than it yeah. probably was.
0: I mean, yeah, it would be more serious to me at my age now, too. <laughs> Yeah, like.
1: there's no way you're escaping 12 coyotes well, them on four feet and you're on you on twos like there's no way
2: yeah. i think about my kids too i got two young boys and you think about them at that age out there and then like if that was my kid out there i'd be like no right yeah. <laughs> isn't that weird yeah. like i'm thinking
0: of like my nephew who's you know six or seven you know and i'm just like uh, he would be scared to death trying to do that right now. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even want him, you know, and then you're just chilling up there.
2: So, when you're younger and that's the normal thing around you that's yeah. happening, it's kind of interesting how that sets the standard for like, it sure does. It's okay to be the only one that's doing something. That yeah. was your normal. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. what is it like now having boys of your own? Like, mm. are they, are you the same with Sheesh. them? Where oh, obviously Oklahoma is different, they're being raised in a way different environment, but even just like, being out in like nature do you encourage that like do you guys oh, yeah. go hunting together oh, yeah. still like oh, are yeah. they and so, how old are they
2: Uh my old my oldest son is 9 and my youngest son just turned 7 on cool. the the, the, la- the la- second to last day of August and uh we spend a lot of time in the woods together we have a 10 acre farm that's down by the Riverwind casino and so uh building stuff out there tree forts chopping down trees using machetes, setting cool. up deer blinds, yeah. clearing spaces, uh, loading things on the trailer, clearing mm-hmm. brush. Uh, spending time in the woods is very important to me and my kids, and mm-hmm. we just made a trip back up to Wisconsin for the state fair. And cool. as much as we were there for the state fair, I think we spent 90% of our free time either swimming in the lakes and the rivers or exploring the outdoors or skateboarding outside. Mm-hmm. It was, it's big time outside.
1: I feel like the, the values that they're learning – And the skill set at such a young age and what you've learned is so important for not just men, but like people in general to know just like how to, you know, be able to provide for yourself in a really raw, natural way and not so much like rely on technology and just all these things that we have such easy access to where other parts of the world don't. Mm -hmm. We're just super lucky to have it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like learning those values at such a young age and having such like a skill set like that makes you. Advance in a whole different it way. Shapes in life. you, yeah. And it's just like that's I feel so like you cool. kind of like one up
0: people, hundred a Way, yeah, hundred you know? percent. Yeah, it's
1: cool. It's cool that you are instilling that in your kids as well. It's so important, and it's that's rad.
2: Having a farmer's mindset is very unique. Yeah, uh I grew up. I was raised by my grandparents. You kind of mentioned mm-hmm. how it's different than how I grew up, and I spent a lot of time on my grandpa's father's farm, my great grandpa's farm in, in Southwest Minnesota. And it was very interesting to me, uh, kind of seeing how other people choose to do tasks or, or kind of run their businesses. Uh, I realized that growing up on a farm, it really set me up for like, Hey, you're in charge of figuring out what needs to be done next. And Mm -hmm. there's always something that needs to be done next. So I really try to transition that to, earned screen time with my kids I mean, yeah. if they're gonna if they're gonna have any technology usage it mm-hmm. needs to be earned
0: yeah I cool. I agree with that I, I think too. that's really beautiful and mm-hmm. it's not something I see like even directly in my family but yeah. I'm also like not the parent of that kid so I'm just like I guess y'all can do whatever because like it's not coming down to me mm-hmm. but like I can try you know because earning screen time oh uh, it's so much more better than just mm-hmm. sitting on
2: you have an hour and you're going to yes. get, we'll take it away if it's punishment. I mean, yeah. this didn't seem to be the right structure. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah you have to earn it. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to. Yeah. I feel like punishment is a bad way to look at it. Yeah. It's or just, just being like,
0: like, here you go. Shut up. Yeah. Like, yeah. here, oh. take it. You know, it's just like a whole nother thing. It's to be like, if you want this, you need to earn it. You know, yeah. that's.
2: And that's how everything is. Yes, it yeah. is. Especially it is in, in the nice. industry that we're in. So. Yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: so with that being said being in the cannabis industry what's your go-to way to consume like are you a flower guy or do you like concentrates mm-hmm. or a little bit of both
2: so if i'm on the go i use uh basically a cheaper version of a puffco i've owned a very large number of puffcos in my life okay. that was kind of my go-to for the mobile action uh but now i've moved to a randy's rig or a, a mini mini puffco in fact, I, I have one yeah, right next me love to I always it. use it. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and huh. Can I it, touch it? Yeah, of course. Um, it's It functions the exact same, but the battery life and the pocketability, portability, the function, everything is there for me. Um, but primarily at my house, we're using a Terp slurper. We have yes. a dish of ISO next to it. We're primarily okay. smoking solventless. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We are... Enjoying our products as much as we can. We're changing the flavors every time that we dab in order to not get burned out on things. Yes,
0: it's easy to do. And
2: then uh, I very much enjoy uh, the the variety that I've had in my life since we purchased the dispensary and have been able to work with the other processors in the state a little bit more. It seemed like I knew all the processors in the state, but we couldn't benefit off of our relationship because I didn't have a way to kind of stack it. And now... I'm able to be a lot more educated on the products that the processor are putting out in the state, both as a processor myself, and then seeing their products and, and consuming them, right, and having conversations. Yourself. Yeah. And, and I feel like we're really benefiting each other in the knowledge that we're sharing. For
0: sure are. And yeah, because you're learning from a variety. Yeah, it's of, not
2: as a competition. It's like, yeah, hey, what information do you have that we could share with my information? Right. Yeah. achieve something cool. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That is cool. So um
2: lots of dabbing. Probably yeah. about a gram and a half of solventless a day. Yeah. Wow. I also still smoke <laughs> salt, uh I some can flour. That. Yeah. I also am consuming um seventy seven extracts pretty regularly in order okay. to just see what products we're putting out and anytime right. that we put something out, I always bring home at least a gram, if not a puck. As you should, yeah. And, and then, you know, dabbing it with other people and mm-hmm. having the conversation of hey. What do you think the worst one of my lineup is right now? Right. Yeah. Not, like it's cool to talk about which ones you like, but which one would you like if we had to? Get yeah, rid of to it, get rid of. Yeah. Just yeah. Get rid, pick yeah.
0: Some. yeah. That's a good. So, that's a good little trial and error way of doing it yeah. too. Though. Yeah.
2: Well, your profit's in the last bit of your product that sells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if your your last bit of your product represents, hey, thirty percent of unsellable product in your profit margin, thirty percent, well, you're gonna find all of your product locked or your profit locked up in product that won't sell. And so, eliminating the the lower end product has been what has kind of pushed 77 recently to be completely sold out, and, yeah. and that's where we're at today. Is like we've we've sold out a product, we've back ordered product for the first time, and uh, and I feel like maybe things are starting to turn for prices to to have yeah. the ability to start to climb, mm-hmm. where people can at least provide provide a, a livable wage to continue to do this. Yeah, sad mm-hmm. seeing people leave. Dude. Yeah,
0: yeah. So with within 77 extracts, what is the 77 part of Mm. extracts? Like why did you choose that? And what does that mean?
1: Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation
0: with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with
1: civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law.
0: She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode.
2: So the 77 name was planted into my head by a good friend of mine, Mitch Pereer. Okay. And uh, he had been my right-hand man in colorado when i ran my farm in colorado i had two 40 acre farms in colorado that i ran
0: okay wow
2: and when we came down to oklahoma we had made our first harvest and we had packaged our first product and the first product that we put out in the state of oklahoma was actually a solventless live rosin and it was in like right at the beginning 2019 and when i went to dispensaries i was like okay how much are you guys selling diamonds for and they're like oh we're selling diamonds for like to the patient. And I was like, well, then I don't even know what you're going to price solventless at. It's got to be more than that. right?" And everybody that I went to is like, no, we only want diamonds. Diamonds are worth the most. And and it was so backwards to me coming from Colorado. So I was like, no, high-end live rosin is the best. And they're like, no, diamonds are the best. And I was like, well, I know how to make that. That's fine. Let's do that. And so that's kind of how we branched into extracts. And so we had made our extracts. And uh, we were bringing them to sell, and we had a dispensary that had purchased them. And I turned to Mitch and I said, Mitch, if this goes out the door and it doesn't have a brand on it, we're literally losing like 90% of the value of being early, 90% of the value of this even being on the shelf. We at least got to put our phone number on it or something. Yeah. And uh, I turned to him and I said, Do we have anything going on this week? And he said, Well, my birthday is next week, July 7th, 7 7. And we had had a discussion earlier that day about the bigger the company's name was, the smaller the font would need to be on the one and a half inch circle container. And because the container that you're selling is so small, the longer you make your name, the harder it is for people to read it, yeah, the mm-hmm. harder it is to see it. It doesn't show up in pictures. Yeah. So after doing a little bit of research, I found out that there were 77 counties in Oklahoma And I was like, that's just meant to be. Let's slang trips in all 77 counties. Yeah. So uh, we put the 77 on there. And it was just the biggest that you could even possibly put a logo because it was just these two numerical digits that were Mm so, you know, it didn't take up any space. So uh, everybody knew it. Everybody could pronounce it. Everybody knew that was a name as well as it was a logo because we didn't need a logo after that because the name was so short and mm-hmm. it already formed its own logo. Right. And it just kind you of ran sn- with that? Yeah, it snowballed from there and it, it, it put together a really good business model too because it's easy to make a phone call to a dispensary and say, hey, we only want to do business with the best 77 dispensaries in the state and we've identified you as the best dispensary in the county. We want to do business with you. If you're not available, if you don't want to represent some of the best products in the state at the best prices, we completely understand that. We will be willing to find who's the second best. Yeah. But you're at the top of our list. How -hmm. can we make this work? And that's a very honest conversation to have with somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not, hey, how much of my product do you want to buy? Yeah. That's a very different conversation than like, we already think you're the best.
0: Yeah, building a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: why don't you show us why you're the best? Because we already think you are. We yeah. think that this mm-hmm. is going to be a great fit. And uh, the proof of the product continuing to sell out and continuing to be demanded by the patients or requested or mm-hmm. asked for or or even just seeing people disappointed when our product isn't on the shelf. It's amazing yeah. how good that that yeah. can kind of feel. Yeah, of or course. It it yeah. Uh, yeah. Be, or when somebody says, you know, where's that exact strain? I, mm-hmm. I really miss it. And I'm like... You missed it? So many (laughs) of the strains that we do are, you know, one time with one farm. And because there are so many farms changing what they grow and where they grow and what quality they grow at constantly, Mm -hmm. we're just forced to kind of adapt and try to maintain relationships and find Mm -hmm. new relationships with people that are also willing to adapt to the market. Because the market is in such flux that if you can't say, hey, I'm going to be in this no matter what happens, you're probably not going to be in it very long
1: yeah wow. so hmm. you seem very well versed very well educated it it where did your like what made you want to get into the cannabis industry what put your like oh. footprint into it where did all of this even begin
2: so well, i grew up in a household that uh my, my parents were very young my my dad was 16 my mom was 17 when I was born. Wow. And when I look at 16 and 17 year old kids now, I think mm-hmm. like, oh, oh my gosh! Like, how weird. did they even. <laughs> how did I survive? Yeah. yeah. I'm still here. Like I got all my fingers still. This is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we did it. Uh, and so uh, when both my parents remarried when I was about 12 or 13 and my my sister was born when I was, I think 12, my sister Brooklyn, uh, it, both my families were starting their own new families and money was tight with new kids. And I now mm-hmm. have five younger brothers and sisters, two brother two brothers and a sister on my dad's side and uh, two sisters on my mom's side. But going from them being very young parents to begin with to then now both having kind of larger families, at least more kids later, uh, money was always very tight. So mm-hmm. I got a job at the a local snowboarding hill because up in minnesota everybody goes snowboarding in the winter and it was a way for me to get out of the house and they gave me a free season pass if i went there and when i showed up everybody there was trying to buy weed and i was like oh i know where to get weed i can i'm really friendly actually a lot of people really like me and they trust (laughs) me so like watch this right and uh i just started buying some weed and and reselling it with my money from the snowboarding place and then i remember at one point like my mom gave me some money to go to prom as a junior and I just took all my money and bought a quarter pound
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, and, and I was able to flip it in time to be able to still go to prom and I was so stoked yeah.
1: on it <laughs> that's <laughs> and, tight
2: yeah. and uh and I had a bunch of weed at prom too then was made it made it a great night you um, were the plug yeah but I was always really like not not that into drinking drinking was always a big thing in Wisconsin and a lot of my family are alcoholics and I just kind of was turned off by that as a young age and uh uh, when I started selling more and more weed and picking up pounds of weed, uh, I was handing over large amounts of money. And I was like, man, I'd, I'd really like to keep this money. Mm-hmm. This doesn't. Why does he, why do they get this money from me? I, I'm i the one who got it all together. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I better figure out how to grow this stuff. <laughs> and uh, so I started saving seeds from bags of all like the the danks we'd get Mm -hmm. we would get danks yeah like a 60 dollar eighth like that's the (laughs) danks so we'd we'd find a seed and be like oh we're gonna start to grow anyway so i started this seed in my window kind of like amping myself up that i was going to be a grower one day and the plant got actually kind of big. It was like a foot tall in my window. And, I was like, and my girlfriend started yelling at me, get that out of here. Everybody knows you can grow that. I'm like, dude, okay, fine. And so my, my friend Tony came over and he worked at a greenhouse. And I was like, Tony, you want, I don't know what to do with this plant. Well, you just you want it? And he's like, yeah, I'll take it. And I was like, all right, cool. he will probably put it outside somewhere. I had no idea. I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about it. And so he calls me like three weeks later. And he's like, hey what are you doing? I'm like, I'm playing magic cards, being a nerd. He's like, ah, you should come over. I'm going to clone that plant. I was like, what's that mean? And he's like, I'm going to take cuttings of it and we're going to make more plants off of it. I was like, no, you can't do that. That doesn't work. And he's like, yeah, I'll show you. Come on over so he came over and we like cut this plant apart. I like laughed at him. And I was like, dude, we had a really nice plant. You just chopped it all apart. We don't have a plant anymore. This is horrible. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, the next thing you know, we had like six plants. And I was like, this is insane. You can just make more plants. And uh, so we bought ourselves one little 600 watt light and threw those six plants under it and harvested our quarter pound. But, you know, at the time it's worth like $1,500 because you're... 19 years old (laughs) all your friends pay $50 an eighth and it's stupid so uh I I started doing that and then I started renting out like my friend's dad's extra bedroom in his basement and I was Mm -hmm. like I'll give you a thousand dollars a month if I can just grow some plants in there and so I did that a couple times at some random basements in Wisconsin and then eventually I uh I found this studio space that uh my buddy Ran And he had a recording studio in the basement with, you know, full band set up and, and individual sound booths and everything. And then above it, it was like almost like a podcast recording studio, like a smaller acoustic recording mm-hmm. studio. And so we worked out a deal with the landlord for me to rent out the upper space. And we just built, I built a false wall in the whole front room of it and put a six light grow in there and just set it up like it was a podcast studio. But we never recorded anything in there. Okay. It just looked like a recording. Studio. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. great. And uh, I I pulled a nice harvest off of that one, and I was able to take all the money and put it on a down payment on a 40-acre farm in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And that was kind of the, the, okay, this this might be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, We can do this. So uh, I bought a 40-acre farm in Marquette, Michigan in probably 2009 or somewhere around there and started doing 144 plants per house and there was two houses on the property so I was able to do quite a large number of plants in Michigan and that definitely was the snowballing of like okay let's do a one light grow let's do a four light grow okay let's do a six light grow okay Mm -hmm. let's get a farm yeah this can work so uh it was always just proof of concept and just making sure everything added up. And if it didn't add up, you just had to kind of readdress it and take a step right. back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's cool. That that's brought, really brought me all super the way organic. Michigan.
1: Organic Hard and working. raw. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so what's your growing mm-hmm. process like now? Like oh. What do you tend to focus on the most when you're growing? If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street.
0: They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So, go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode.
2: Today? Yes. Tornado recovery.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) Tell me about it. Yeah, so
2: uh, uh, we purchased and closed on the dispensary on April 6th of this year. And we were in the process of launching the dispensary and filling it with products, et cetera. And on April 19th, the day before 4.20 at 7.58 p.m. is when we lost power, according to my camera, uh, the farm was hit by an F4 tornado and completely destroyed. So sorry to hear that. Wow. It Wow. It was a 40 by 40 pole barn that we had set up for all of our processing. And then there was three... 100 foot by 30 foot greenhouses that were completely heated and supplemental and had light depth and they were, they were kick ass. Wow. They were, they were dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the hardest thing has been just kind of counting all the weekends as I'm picking up these, yeah, these destroyed items. I'm like, Oh shit. I remember, That was a a weekend back in 2021. I couldn't get any of those screws. I remember I had to order them because they were all the memories flowing of all the hard work and sweat and tears you put in. So, money is like stupid, of course, about it. But uh, just like counting the time that I put in and being like, okay. Yeah. How am I going to? I can't just get that weekend back. No.
0: Yeah. You can't change anything that's happened just now. You have to pick yourself up and keep moving forward somehow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, uh, the blessing that I have had is that the dispensary was there and the dispensary had a process has a processing license at that location also. Mm-hmm. So when the product, uh, when the building was destroyed on the 19th, we had the other processing license available to just transfer the product to and then just continue distribution. Oh, thank goodness underneath. you guys yeah. had that. <laughs> it would have just stopped us yeah. if we wouldn't have, right? you know, because mm-hmm. uh, we didn't have power. Oh, and so <laughs> the tornado hit, on the 19th and then on 420 we made our deliveries still out of the destroyed building because we wow. already had them boxed up and they were mm-hmm. sitting there and they're like somebody made a joke and was like those orders were supposed to go out today and i was like they are still going out today we're not missing a single order in fact the fact that they are going out today is the standard for how things are going to continue to go we're not stop anything and i kind of just turned the mindset of like okay like if this is gone that's okay because it wasn't even here when we started and -hmm. and all this other stuff is here now Mm -hmm. so if we were able to get that up when we had nothing getting it back up yes it's gonna suck it's not gonna be enjoyable Mm -hmm. but it's also an opportunity for it to be better Mm -hmm. it's also an opportunity for us to do it with the knowledge that we have today as opposed to what we thought was going to happen Mm -hmm. and uh Seeing the transition of products, the timeline that they've taken for popularity in Oklahoma, right. I think it's very different mm-hmm. than other states mm-hmm. because they kind of got access to everything all at once as opposed right. to the organic timeline of like when things were discovered, yes. or when new new tech came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing in my industry is mm-hmm. like, oh, do, do you have the new tech? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The latest and the greatest. Yeah.
2: Oh, here, $10,000. I'll consult with you and give it to you. Come on. Yikes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yikes. So right. what types
0: of concentr- concentrates and consistencies do you create?
2: So currently uh, we do three primary skews. Okay. Um, that is our one gram butane hash oil extract, which is going to be more, mostly a sugar or a batter. Okay. And then we also do a 14 gram puck, we call it. And then we've just launched a 28 gram one ounce baller jar I guess is kind of what we're calling it yeah mm-hmm. and the 28 gram jar is what led us to selling out of our product in the last four weeks that's five cool weeks. I, I was very surprised yeah the baller mm-hmm. jars are doing yeah, well yeah and yeah I, I think it's the right product at the right price and the right market when people are well I learned that 77 consumers they like new products so mm-hmm. when we put out new products constantly they're interested in that and they that's cool yeah they're They're loyal to 77 we want to try new things that's cool but two and a half years ago when every week there was a new company our strategy of always having new products kind of got left by the wayside because there was always a new company to try you're not just trying a new product you try a whole new line and so uh now that there isn't just a new company of the week or a new company of the month or that type of thing, uh, the customers that like new things or, or things that are different have seemed to found their way back to us. Like, Oh, Hey, I might not like all of their stuff, but I found that I know which ones I do like. Right. And which to
0: experience it. yeah, Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh, live resin, uh, Live Resin Sugar, Live Resin Batter, Live Resin Diamonds, and then Cured Resin Sugar, Cured Resin Batter. Those are our primary products. And then we do quite a bit of wholesale of Live Resin Sauce and Cured Sauce to other companies that do further processing into edibles or into carts. And then we also do some gummies ourselves uh, that we've been working with Greg primarily for, but also JKJ. Um, and we give them our oil and they process it into gummies and then we take it back and package it the way that we want it. and Okay. It under cool. 77. That's cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Very full circle. Yeah. Of, in the concentrate world. Mm-hmm. That's neat. So
1: you have a lot of hands in all of the pots. It seems like you mm-hmm. have a dispenser, you have processing, the grows being rebuilt, which is really cool. Where is your favorite? What's what, what's your favorite pot to be in?
2: Mm. If I had to choose an aspect of it, I very much like the the people. Yeah. Uh, it, whether it's working with people on the farm, or whether it's working with people in the dispensary, or seeing new people come in, uh, I very much am a, a people person. And seeing people's reactions, seeing people's excitement, seeing people's disappointment or shock, mm-hmm. seeing even when people like they see my farm and they're like, oh i'm so sorry that happened mm-hmm. like, is there anything that i can do and i'm like ha, ha you're sad <laughs> that's funny let's get to work yeah you're out. like we don't have time to yeah. be sad like yeah boohoo it well, happened
0: but you're like we're we're let's get past it things
2: are only bad if we decide that they're you're bad. right yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. and so and when when i kind of mm-hmm. show people like hey if you're more bummed out about this than i am are you appropriately upset about this because we could just be we could just keep going Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I had a grow in Colorado that got robbed one time and it was it was right after my divorce. And I was running this grow by myself and it was like a 20 light grow and I probably had like 30 pounds of weed in there or something. And I went back to the house after I had been in the city for something. I can't remember exactly what. But when I got back to the house, the entire grow had been robbed and all the lights were gone and all the plants were gone and Mm -hmm. they'd like cut stuff electrical wires that just didn't even need to be cut. Just so shitty. Yeah, Yeah. It it turned out to be later I found out it was somebody that my realtor had showed the house to because (sighs) I was in the process of selling it and apparently he showed them more than he had should have. That's
0: and, crazy. Yeah, it sucked.
2: Oh. But so i was sitting in my garage. Way more
0: than he should have. <laughs> yeah. Like who That's does so that? Bad. Let me show you the grow room. Well like. I think
2: he was like, oh this guy's cool. It's cool. Yeah, like, maybe so. And but then it didn't be. Cool. It wasn't yeah. cool. It's just crossing a line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sucked. Yeah um but uh so sitting in my girl room and I, I think I sat there for like you know a good five minutes just like crying just like being sad yeah,
0: yeah. get it an yeah. out
2: and i like i picked up my phone and i looked at it and i was like i was gonna call my dad or i was gonna call like my my uncle i was kind of like thinking about who i was gonna call and i just said if i don't tell anybody about this did it, it ever happen did it really even happen yeah it doesn't even fucking mm-hmm. yeah. Like, yeah if i tell people about this every time i talk to them after this they're just gonna be like oh I'm, how are things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's
0: lingering yeah. for you. Yeah, and you don't want like, it to. Yeah, like yeah. Oh,
2: how are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm fine. Let's like I want I want like cheerleaders around me. I want yeah. like people that are like, ah, yeah. like Fourth quarter, let's get it. Like yeah. you, you don't have to take this mindset of like you've oh you've already lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might as well just give up now. When are yeah. you heading home? Yep. Yeah. You get questions mm-hmm. like that, right? Like. Yeah.
0: But being able to being able to shift your perspective like that <laughs> is super like admirable, and easy to do. You know, it's not easy for everyone to do. Yeah. So
2: without people around me telling mm-hmm. me that, I've found that it's hard for me to identify that that's a skill set that I have. I understand that because yeah. I'm in it. I'm just like wait. People don't think the way that I think. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: I have to remind myself not everyone thinks like me, but that is a skill. Mm-hmm. For sure it's a skill because it's a gift that yeah. not everyone has or that they've tapped into mm-hmm. or, you know, so. Mm-hmm.
2: If somebody doesn't look like you and they don't act like you mm-hmm. and they don't do the things that you do, why would you think that they think the same as you? Yeah. yeah. Right. Agree. They're just not going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, that mindset continues to just push me forward through adversities, through the places that it seems like everybody else would have just quit like oh that's when i yeah. would have quit mm-hmm. when i hear that when i'm like oh i would have quit right then mm-hmm. like yeah yeah i can tell because of yeah. like what's going on so mm-hmm. um i very much enjoy the people that i've gotten to meet through the dispensary um you know uh we've done a lot of business with leaf logic recently we've done a lot of business with jkj we've done a lot of business uh with my good friend grayson and and my good friend brandon out at Gray Area Farms in green and pink. And uh I hate to take the conversation there, but I absolutely wanna say my deepest condolences to everybody that's been affected by the things that happened at Gray Area Farms. Uh Grayson's an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. And uh we all need to learn to keep our heads up and know that you can just you can make it. Grayson took his own life mm-hmm. on wednesday last week
0: that's really rough yeah.
2: and uh so it's strange. been hard on all of us yeah mm-hmm. it impacts everyone yeah. who yeah. surrounds him yeah his yeah. girlfriend and his son have been staying with me okay and uh i just want everybody to know that it does get hard but it does get better yeah so, yeah sorry i didn't mean to take no promises. that's no, a bit
0: ba- that's yeah. huge for you even yeah. you know yeah. helping him having them to stay there and all mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah. thank so, you for sharing that. yeah, yeah.
1: so sorry to hear
0: so if you, you could pass a solid piece of advice, Shane, to someone listening that has helped guide you in some way that you maybe haven't already said, what would it be for you?
2: Um, everybody's going to have their boundaries that they say that can't be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really about who you choose to listen to. The people that you surround yourself with are the key to whether or not you can believe in yourself. And uh, yeah. when you surround yourself with people that don't believe in you, uh, it can be incredibly hard to, to share your vision of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you can turn people from people that literally laugh at the things that you say because they don't think that you can do it into people that <laughs> will defend you when you say things and for instance i said something the other day in front of my good friend nick and uh, i he kind of laughed and i said what you don't believe i'm going to do that and he said no i've learned to believe that whatever you say i better be careful for because it's probably going to happen <laughs> and that gave me a lot of confidence to to know that like the goals that you set and the standards the standards that we set are what can be then carried over and mimicked again and again so just show somebody that something that that they don't think is possible is possible and you'll shatter their beliefs of what is possible i think some of the coolest people in my life underestimate themselves yeah Mm -hmm. they they and and it's like hey how is it that i think you're way cooler than you think you are yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you're incredibly cool and
1: you have no idea. Yeah. You literally have no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
2: um, I've had a really interesting journey in my life of artists that have been around me. And what I mean is my good friend Vince, Pop Glass Art. Uh, when I met him, he wasn't a glass blower, but he aspired to be a glass blower. And I was like, what are you talking about? You are a glass blower. Like, you're, you're you yeah. just haven't started yet. Right. Because you can kind of see that, that artist or, or that ability in somebody. And uh, I ended up purchasing uh, a kiln for him and financing it for him and allowing him to get his glass studio started so he could run a successful business. That's really business. cool. And it's it's very interesting to me that people can be so good at what they do, but they haven't figured out a way to turn it into something that they can do for a living.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And so I, I think that one of my gifts is... When I see people, I can see a version of them that they don't see yet, or I can see a developed version of like, "What are you talking about?" That's a, of course that's possible. You're you're the only person I think that could do that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, seeing the best in people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, I very much like interacting with artists and figuring out a way to help them turn what they love doing into a career, so that they can do it constantly, again and again. And I've seen that happen couple of times and i'm I'm, i've kind of got one in my mind right now yeah i I see my buddy and he's a he's a musical artist Mm -hmm. and i'm like dude what are you doing yeah you're like level one two you should be like level nine yeah you're so good Mm -hmm. i
0: love being able to see musicians like that dude and you're just like you literally could be famous and like be playing on the main stages everywhere but you just don't know, and people just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're it, the next star. You just yeah. need to
2: keep doing it. Yeah. So uh, we're we're filming a commercial right now for the the Herbage magazine, and oh yeah, the movie night. Yeah, and mm-hmm. people, some of the members of my team were, oh, I don't know if that's that's quite exactly right. I don't know if we should display it in that, you know. And I and I just had to tell them, man. Dude, done is better than perfect, and this isn't even the project that people are going to remember us for. Mm -hmm. What I've learned from making a large amount of content is that the piece of content that meant nothing to you is the piece of content that somebody exclusively knows you for, Mm -hmm. and they'll walk up to you, and they'll be like... They'll come up to me in Walmart and they'll be like, I loved your video that you made about juice boxes. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't fucking remember yeah. that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I
1: know exactly what you mean. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Juice box guy. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. So <laughs> there's an impact
0: on yeah. yeah yeah. Just keep putting them
2: out. Just, yeah. just make That's more. That's encouraging. And and through the the failures of like, oh, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. You've learned what you shouldn't yeah. do. Yeah. You you've learned what you should lean into. So yeah. yeah,
1: that's encourage- It's always so nice to have an encouraging friend like that. It's so special yes. because not everyone gets to experience it. So the fact that the people around you get get to experience that from you is such a special thing. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: happy to be the fool first. Yeah, and uh, and I was them, like, oh, you know, I'm worried about. It. I'm like, okay. I'll go be way bigger of a fool, and everybody will definitely remember me yeah, first. Right. And then you just follow it up with <laughs> yeah. you just do your thing. Yeah. I'll yep. Totally make you look good, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make you look way good.
0: That's so. cool. Like, You're a good friend. I can tell that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what can people expect from Seventy Seven Extracts in the near future? Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over
1: 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local
0: communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com.
2: We need to get... Back on track at the farm and the, the processing and the dispensary are now at a point where the top is spinning and the guys there have it under control and I'm going to continue to hand over more and more of my responsibilities to them so that I can get back to growing the business. Because when I'm working for the business, I can't work on growing the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything that I'm doing right now for my day-to-day tasks, I'm also training somebody in as I'm doing it. Because I can't be spending my time doing things that can't be replicated. So uh, last year, we had a very solid relationship with some indoor grows that were cultivating large amounts of product that we were distributing for them throughout the state. And it was going very well. We were selling uh, large volumes of, of flour every week, uh, two to 400 pounds a week sometimes. It was some good turns. Yeah. But uh, uh, that farm doesn't seem to be keeping things going as steadily. So we've had to distance ourselves from them, but mm-hmm. we still have the opportunity to be, to be moving that much product. So since we have the power upgrade out at the farm, we have an 1,800 amp three-phase upgrade at the farm. Nice. There's plenty of power sitting there in order to to put up a grow, and there's a grow license there. So kind of looking at that slab where yeah. those four greenhouses are, and I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe that should be a warehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks like indoor flower is definitely the one product that we're not producing vertically integrated right now and we have a demand for it yeah Mm -hmm. so uh i'd like to strengthen our relationships with some indoor farms we'd like to take over the distribution uh for additional farms that's it's it's amazing how many farms just know that we work with there's no longer even have a sales team now and they, mm-hmm. they sell all of their flour to us. Yeah, yeah. And, and I understand it because a sales team can be one of the hardest things to maintain when your inventory and your prices fluctuate so much. Right. So um, I would say you should expect more flavors than ever this year since we are expanding our BHO processing system from roughly 500 pounds a week to closer to 2,000 pounds a week. Okay. We, uh, we got a pretty big upgrade for our ETS system. I'm excited about that. And then uh, uh, more pop-ups, dude. Pop-ups is what made 77 awesome. And going out and spending time in those dispensaries and listening to people that maybe felt like they weren't being listened to by the bud tenders or blown off by the managers. Some of the greatest connections that I made we're doing pop-ups at dispensaries. Yeah,
0: pop-ups where it's at. And talking
2: to the vendors that were kind of getting shut down by that dispensary. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, why did you get shut down? Your stuff's actually pretty cool. It might be cooler than mine. Why am I here and you're not here? Mm -hmm. And that honest approach of like, hey, if they don't think you're cool, I I still think you're cool. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Goes back to what you were saying (laughs) earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So then
2: all of a sudden there's just that, Good relationship with that vendor that's just kind of sitting there that I haven't utilized anything for for three years, yeah. and all of a sudden mm-hmm. now they're walking into my dispensary and they're like, "Shane, we just want to be on your shelf. We don't really care what you pay. Yeah, we, just, we like you. Yeah, <laughs> we like your stuff, and you're you're a good guy. Yeah, and, and that's people
0: appreciate a, that. That's mm-hmm. all they need sometimes. How yeah. fun is that conversation? That's yeah. even more fun because mm-hmm. you're getting paid for being yourself yeah. and yeah. who you are.
2: You know, working with your people. Yeah, can be the easiest. Life hack. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah. uh, we should figure this out. It's like, no, actually, we should just find different people. Yeah. I mean, we're, we might not be the people they're supposed to be. And working. to be able to understand yeah. and realize that. Why yeah. Pivot. Yeah, yeah. Let's just wait. Yeah. Maybe we could wait. Do we have to do this? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, well,
0: shift in perspective again. And,
2: oh, so that is a question that's kind of gotten me into an, an answer because I will get a yes sometimes. And, one of the things that separates 77, or at least makes us so versatile in order to maintain these fluctuations, I feel, is that we didn't take on a large amount of debt to begin with. When, when I bought the farm and I knew that we'd be operating on property that we owned and I knew that it would take us a long time to grow to be a large company. Mm-hmm. But as we did, if we faced any setbacks, there wouldn't be this debt that we needed to pay for, these monthly payments that we were constantly trying to achieve. Or yeah, come up that's like. smart. So being a owner-operated business that has grown organically over time, it's like when we make money, we become a bigger company. When we don't, we just kind of stay the same size. Right. Yeah. We're not really leaving. I mm-hmm. mean, the tornado didn't get us, so like, what's going to knock us out? Hopefully... Yeah. You know, now that we're kind of spread out underneath the four different licenses, even if there are licensing challenges, at least we kind of have other divisions to lean into and keep -hmm. keep production going. So uh, I look forward to hopefully giving 77 a chance to expand into other states. I look forward to giving 77 a chance to offer indoor flower to the patients of Oklahoma and just count on us for continued reliability, support, communication transparency and new flavors more flavors less money it's kind of what we've always been yeah. that's awesome i love that yeah that's, that's
1: awesome so we like to ask everyone this question but what's a stigma surrounding the cannabis plant you would like to see changed
2: oh uh, indica sativa <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> that that said, quick i love it <laughs> we don't need that anymore um you know so my my explanation to that story is like when they first started making beer there was two kinds of beer light beer There was dark beer and you can pick which kind you wanted. Isn't that great? You can have whichever one you like. But that doesn't apply anymore. How many different kinds of beer are there? Yeah, Hundreds of different kinds of beer. Because we've identified that there are definitely not just light beer and dark beer. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's what they're trying to do with weed is they're just kind of giving it this Indica Sativa. Well, it has to be one of the two. It has Mm -hmm. to be either light beer or dark beer, right? Mm -hmm. Well, no, it doesn't. It actually doesn't at all. So I'd love to see that go Away, And I'd love to see an honest conversation of like, hey, does this hit more like an indica or a sativa? Uh, has your experience of this product been more right. indica-like or more sativa-like?
0: Yes, I agree with that.
2: Would you say that this is like a 70% ex- sativa experience? Mm-hmm. I think that those are conversations that people can walk away with helpful information that can help them either repeat the same experience or avoid the same experience and i think that's kind of the goal of asking that question to begin with Mm -hmm. is like hey i i i like indica which means somebody told you you're smoking indica at one point and you enjoyed that smoke so now you're searching for indica right and uh i think it's more of a what experience are you you chasing experience for sure
0: that's a better way to direct people i Mm -hmm. feel like for them to understand and the you know absorb the most knowledge they can mm-hmm. and then go from there yeah. you know yeah. it's a good place to start yeah well shane i think this wraps up our episode for today cool. thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us and thank you for sharing your passion and your brand and all the hard work that you've put in to build it it's really cool to hear people's stories mm-hmm. from like the very beginning and to where you're at now you know Especially you deserve at that. such a
1: young age for you that's so cool thank mm-hmm. you yeah we appreciate you yeah You guys
0: can keep up with
1: Shane and what they're up to at 77Extracts on Instagram at 77Extracts77Farms. And thank you for everyone tuning into today's episode. And as always, Brian. And stay medicated. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong, available now at dopehistory.com.